Alright, let's go to 2 Chronicles chapter 9 today. 2 Chronicles chapter 9. Today, I want to, I'm going to be preaching. If you're, you know, ever wondering, I feel like the preacher's preaching to me today. And I feel like maybe he's been following me around. And I don't follow anybody around. That's just the Holy Spirit that does that. But, and I don't know too. I've, I've been there before. I never preach a message like, I don't, you know, go after somebody like, hey, I found out somebody's doing this in the church. I'm going to go preach on them today. And this is just for them. I try to preach to everybody and you know let the Holy Spirit lead where I'm going today. But if you're wondering who I am preaching to today, I'm going to tell you, it's you specifically. I want you to really take this one personal. And I know I know I'm preaching to everybody, but I'm preaching to you. Think, Pastor Tommy, he is preaching to me today. This this is specifically for me. He's talking to me and because there's definitely something in here for everybody. And I'm going to tell you up front too, I believe, and I thank God that I, what I'm going to be preaching about today, I see a lot of this going on in the church today, which is a good thing. I, I, if you're doing this, it has not gone unnoticed. I've noticed it. But, I, but let me tell you, if Liberty Baptist Church is going to be a successful, thriving work for God, it's... I'm going to tell you right now, it's not just about the pastor. It's about the people. and It's about everybody in the church. And I don't care how good of a preacher there is. I mean, you can have you can get the greatest orator in the world. You can get the smartest guy in the world. You can get the best looking preacher in the world. And I know you don't have any of those right now. But you can have all that. But I'm telling you right now, if there's not the rest of the body in the church... If there's not if there's not church members in there that are getting involved and doing the work and really taking things personal in the church, it's not really going to go anywhere. Not that much is going to get accomplished. And you know, I've seen some great churches before where there's just some amazing works going on. And one of the things that I've noticed that I believe is wrong many times whenever a church maybe really takes off and you know the you know, just uh, the crowds get big, and they're you know putting additions on the place. A lot of times, everybody will talk about the pastor in a situation like that. Wow, you know, Pastor so and so, he's really building a great work. But you know, if you actually go to those churches and visit them for a while, you find out well, it's not just the pastor. There are a lot of people in that church that are just serving the Lord, that love the Lord, and are the ones making it happen. And you know, and most pastors they will definitely they they won't take the credit. I've known a few. They let it go to their head. Uh, they they got to thinking it was them. And let me tell you, if that happens, uh, then the Lord usually has to knock them down a peg or two. And uh, we we definitely don't want that to happen here. As uh, so I try to humble myself, so God doesn't humble me. And you need to do the same thing. But I really I, I'm I'm talking to you today. I want you to t- I really take this personal. And I want you to take Liberty Baptist Church, the success of this church, the work of this church, for you to take it personal. Okay, if Liberty Baptist succeeds or fails, I mean, it, it ought to. You need. You ought to feel like a lot of that's up to you. I mean, I know I feel that way, but you know what? I can't be the only one feeling that way. You need to feel that way too. Every time we have a service here at this church, we need people. Not just the pastor in the audience that feel like, hey, whether or not things are going to move forward in that church or good things are going to happen, it's up to me 
to make sure it happens. It's up, up to me to make sure I do my part. And I want to kind of illustrate some things to you from Second Chronicles chapter 9. And this is a story about Solomon. And we all know who Solomon was. Solomon was definitely a great king. I mean, Israel was at its greatest during Solomon's reign. And you may and you may remember this story, but let's read in Second Chronicles chapter nine, verse one. It says, "And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon, she came to prove Solomon with hard questions at Jerusalem, with a very great company and camels that bear spices and gold in abundance and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions, and there was nothing hid from Solomon which he told her not." And when the queen of Sheba had seen the wisdom of Solomon in the house that he had built, and the meat of his table, and the sitting of his servants, and their apparel, um, his cupbearers also, and their apparel, and his ascent by which he came into the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, It was a true report which I heard in mine own land of thine acts and of thy wisdom. Howbeit I believed not their words until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the one half of thy greatness and of thy wisdom was not told me, for thou exceedest the fame that I heard. Happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee to set thee on his throne and to be king for the Lord thy God, because thy God loved Israel to establish them forever. Therefore made he thee king over them to do judgment and justice. And she gave the king 120 talents of gold and spices of spices, great abundance and precious stones. Neither was there any such spice as the queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. And we'll stop reading right there. But here we see the story of a queen that came a long way just to see this king and to see Jerusalem, this place that she had heard so much about. And there were some things that she noticed there that just, I mean, that moved her. Things that got her attention. Things that made an impact on her. And this morning, I want to talk about ways that you can make an impact on others while at church. Ways that you can affect the service that can make a huge difference and that can be a help like you like you wouldn't believe. But first of all, notice one of the things that she saw. Note she mentioned when she saw the house of the Lord. When she saw the house of the Lord, when she saw that temple. You know that Solomon's temple, it's a very I mean it's a very well known, famous building. I don't know if you've ever maybe seen models uh, or uh, pictures of what it looked like. Of course, it doesn't exist anymore. But it was an amazing place. It was beautiful. There was no expense that was spared on this temple, and it was something that I mean, people did. They came from a long way just to see this place, and it, it was an amazing thing to see. And what amazed people about the beauty of the house of the Lord? It, it wasn't just the architecture, but it was how how much people were willing to give to build such a wonderful place for the Lord to dwell in. I mean, the way that, the amount of gold that was used in that place, I have no idea what it would be worth in today's dollars, but I mean just gold in abundance and silver was given by the people. They gave to the house of the Lord. This was for their God. And it, what it did is it showed their devotion to God. And you know, one thing we need to realize, I understand that the house of the Lord today is not this building but it's our bodies. Okay? Our body is where the Lord dwells. But at the same time, this building here, this is where we 
come together as a congregation, where we come to to preach the gospel, where we come to worship the Lord, where we come to you know sing songs and hymns and and to pray as a group to His name, we do that here. And you know, I believe that it makes a difference, really, how we take care of this building. And you know, that's something we can all that's something we can all help with. I mean, just just little things. I mean, if you see something laying around, pick it up. I mean, you know, help help keep the place clean. I remember one time at my dad's church, there was a fellow that went to my dad, and he was all mad, and he was all upset, upset because he went into the bathroom, and the garbage can in the bathroom was overflowing with paper towels and things. And my dad was like, you know, you could have pushed it all down, made a lot more room. Apparently, he didn't think about that. Somebody needs to make sure those garbage cans don't overflow. And let me tell you something. When a church gets a little bit messy, that's actually a blessing. You know why? That means there's people here. And you know what? That's a blessing. Because let me tell you something. There's churches that it's real easy to keep clean. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about where no oxen are, the crib is clean. And let me tell you, it is a blessing when this place gets messed up a little bit. Things are going to get dinged up a little bit. But you know what? That's a good thing. But you know what? We still need to take care of it. We need to try to keep up with it. We need to we need to try to clean it up. If there's things that you see around here that maybe need fixing, and I thank God people have done that, or people they've seen a need, and I don't want to start naming names because I'm going to forget, but there's stuff all over this place that I didn't think of it, I didn't come up with it, or some of the things maybe I did, but somebody saw it's like, hey, I can do that, and they did. They did the work. They made it happen. They bought it. They helped. They gave towards the finances so we can do it. I mean, they they saw a problem and they fixed it. They did something about it. That is a blessing. That that's the kind of attitude and that's the kind of mentality we need. You know, there's people all the time. You know, your church need. You know, the last. You know, does your church have this program? Does your church have that program? They want to know about all these things that we offer and like. Well, not necessarily right now, but. Maybe the Lord's leading you to start that, you know. Maybe, and that's. Uh, but a lot of people they just they want to get something out of it. And I'm going to tell you, you're not, we're not going to have a great church by a bunch of people just looking for a handout. We're going to have a great church by people who are there with their handout giving, with their handout working and doing something, getting involved. If you see something around you, if you think something's ugly, okay. If you think the windows are ugly, hey, we'll let you buy new ones. Uh, we won't, we won't stop you one bit. I'm telling you, well, we're all for it. If you think that something needs improved around here, I don't. I mean, I've been complaining about that sign out there for a while, and that brick's all falling apart. But I haven't coughed up the money to buy a new one yet. You know, but <laughs> but you know, you see what I'm saying? You know, look for those things, and then take a personal say. Not what should somebody else do about it, but what can I do about it? How can I help? Those people, you know, Solomon, he was kind of getting the credit for that house of the Lord, but the truth is, it wasn't him that did all the giving for that. It was the people in Israel. I mean, they gave abundantly to that, and they were able to build, and they were able to build that beautiful, amazing temple. And she saw that house of the Lord. And you know, we, we, you all need to take ownership of this building. If you have a talent that could help improve something around here, Go ahead and use it. Or maybe, you know, give financially to one of the projects. You all can, have, I mean, this is, this isn't my building. Okay? This is, I know this is God's house, but this is the church's. 
This is ours. And all of us should take ownership in it. And we, all of us should make a difference and uh, do something to help. And that kind of thing makes a difference. I've been in churches before where you go in there and it's just, you, you go into the bathroom maybe and it's just disgusting. I mean, it's, I remember I was at a church one time and they had a gymnasium there. And I went into that bathroom. Tommy was real little and he needed to use the bathroom and he was still at the age where he needed help a little bit. I remember I went in there and the one toilet cannot describe to you and it would not be appropriate in church. And then I went to the next one and there was roaches all over the place. I mean, it was nasty. And I went and I got Cassandra's like, you're going to have to take him to the bathroom because he can't use those ones. He can't use those ones in there. And you know, that happens in places. And you know what? A visitor, maybe they come walking in and they see that and it's like, how serious do these people even really take this? And listen, I know we're not a rich church. I know you all aren't millionaires out there today. But you know, at the same time, all of us working together, there's things we can do. And thank God, I mean, we have, we've made some great improvements around this place. And we're getting ready to make some more improvements. And we've gotten the plans to make even more improvements. Why? Because we're thankful. The Lord has given us this place. This is His house. And we want to, we take this serious. We appreciate what we've been given. You know, we live in a society today where people, they don't appreciate what they have. I mean, they don't take care of what they have. I mean, have you ever just went by somebody's house and you look at their yard and their grass is like six feet tall and everything's caving in and, and, and you know, and it's not somebody that's, you know, maybe old and crippled and can't take care of themselves. It's some young guy sitting on the porch drinking a can of beer. And you're just like, Come on, man. Go mow your yard. You know, clean up, especially if it's your next door neighbor. And maybe you're wanting to sell your house and they're looking at that dump next door. They're not taking care of it, thinking, I don't want to live by those people. And you know what? I wouldn't want to go to a church where you go walking in there and it's clear that nobody even cares about the place. Nobody cares about the building. And it tell you, it has an impact. I'm not saying we gotta you know be all gaudy and you know buy big fancy crystal chandeliers that hang here. You know, I'm not talking about you know being ridiculous, you know, we don't need to put you know automatic doors, you know, on the front that open and close by themselves. You know, I mean I guess if somebody really wanted that, wanted to pay for it, you know, we'll let you do that too. But you know, we we don't. I'm not. I'm not saying we have to go crazy and we have to plate everything in gold. But you know, we ought to do the best that we can with what we have. We ought to take it serious, and that's something where we can all help. And I do. I, I encourage you to look not with a critical eye, so you can tell me everything that's wrong and everything that needs fixed. But so you can say, all right, you know, I can do something about that. I've got a talent in that area. And thank God, I mean, I said it, so much of that has been going on. And I encourage you to you know, keep it up. It is a blessing and it does make a difference. It's a way you can have an impact on others while at church. But also notice she said uh, in chapter 9, verse 4, it says, she talking about the things she knows, the meat of his table. And it says, the sitting of his servants. The sitting of his servants. Basically, what she was commenting on was their behavior. You know, they were behaving in an honorable way. And as Christians, we're supposed to behave in an honorable way. Yeah, I heard an evangelist tell a story one time. He went to visit a church. He was going to go preach there. And when he got to the church, there was a fight going on in the parking lot. And it was the pastor's wife and another lady in the church. They got in a fight because it, something got heated because I guess their two kids in the nursery 
got in a fight. <laughs> and it ends up carrying over to the parents. Can you imagine going and visiting a church and I'm telling you right now, I'm going to drive in that parking lot and I'm driving away. <laughs> I'm not going there. And you know what? That might have been a great church. But you, I, I doubt it. I just, I can't think that that's a great church where there's a fight breaking out in the parking lot. No, I guess it could happen. You know, maybe visitors or something. You know, don't don't be too judgmental. But you know, during the service, the sitting, the behavior. You know, and it's not just not fighting with each other. But you know, when you go into a church and you see that the people they're involved. For example, I've mentioned this before. Just even in the singing. Well, I've been to churches before where you go and the people, you know, victory and Jesus. And the song, music's just depressing. You know, you just singing out with a smile on your face, you know, that lifts people up. That lifts me up. Now, I, don't, I used to get made fun of. I, I shouldn't bring this up because I might still do it. And I don't, want, I don't like to point out my faults because then you'll notice them all the time. I probably, I probably shouldn't say this, but I, I, I will. Maybe I do. You know, I used to get made fun of because I always looked mad when I was leading singing. And I don't know, maybe I did, but you know, I think a lot of it was because whenever I would lead singing, you know, everybody's just like this in their songbooks. It's like, come on, people, we're singing victory in Jesus. You know the words of this song, we've sung it a thousand times, you know, but they're all they all got their faces buried in their songbooks and like, why am I even up here, you know? And so maybe I did look a little maybe I did look a little grumpy. But you know, I'm telling you right now, when you see people out there and you're singing you know what's going to, and you're singing out, it's going to get me a little excited. And then you know what? I might start smiling a little bit. I might look a little more excited. And then it might make you a little more excited. And you see, it's good. We're going to, it's, we're going to feed off of each other. And you know, you ought to come in and say, you know what? My mood, it's going to affect the people next, all the people around me, in front of me, behind me. It's going to affect the pastor a little bit. And so you know what? I'm going to make sure the singing in our church isn't boring. I'm going to make sure the singing in our church doesn't sound like a funeral march. And I'm going to get up, I'm going to sing out, and even if I sing bad, I'm at least going to smile and look like I'm having a good time. So maybe Pastor Tommy, when he's leading singing, he'll smile a little bit too. And it'll be contagious. Just like a sour attitude is contagious. And just that, that involvement, seeing people getting involved, seeing people doing things, just, you know, not just, not just sitting, but even just Greeting people, talking to people, visiting with each other, fellowshipping with each other, I mean, acting like we like each other. Hopefully you do like each other. Those kind of things make a difference. People, they, when they come to church, they want to be welcome. They, they want to feel like that they are welcome there and they are accepted there. And you can make a big impact on that. You can make a difference in that area. And it's, I mean, you don't know what kind, somebody might be having a really bad day. They might have had a really bad week, and you can lift them up. You can make a difference in their life, and I mean, take it personal that it is up to me to make sure that Liberty Baptist Church is a friendly church. It's up to me, and I'm going to make sure nobody ever comes to this church and feels like it's an unfriendly church. I've been to churches before where nobody greeted me, where nobody shook my hand. I've been there. I've been there before, and I don't like those churches. Okay? And boy, I, whenever I've been to those places, I'm like, man, I don't ever want that to happen to anybody in my church. And you know what? I shouldn't be the only one that feels that way too. All of you ought to feel that way too. And you take it personal and say, you know, I'm going to make a difference in that area. Be involved. Be enthusiastic. I mean, you know, sometimes things they, they can get challenging. Sometimes, you know, you serving the Lord, there's going to be days you don't feel like it. 
There's going to be times where it just seems really thankless, and it's like, what's the point? You might do things, and they go. Maybe they go seem to go completely unnoticed. But you know what? We always need to remember that we're, we're serving the Lord. There's going to be rewards for it, and we ought to be enthusiastic about it. We ought to enjoy what we're doing. I mean, we ought to, when we're here. I mean, we're glad to be here. We're we're excited about it. We're here in the house of God. We and we we get involved and we do the best that we can. I mean, we do uh, just whatever you do. You do your best and everything. Don't do it half-heartedly. Ah, uh, it's only for a few people. Doesn't matter. Do it. I mean, if you're teaching a Sunday school class, you ought to do it the same for three kids as you would thirty kids. Same attitude, the same effort. I mean, you you just be enthusiastic about it. Get involved. Do your best. Whether it's clean, whether it's cleaning the church, whether it's singing a song, whatever it is, do the just do the best you can do. Be enthusiastic about it. And you say, I'm not that good at it. Let me tell you something. If you just take a talent and you just use it and do your best, it's probably going to improve over time. If you take it and you don't do anything with it, yeah, you'll never be good at it. But just do your best. And I'm telling you right now, even singing, I've said this before and I'll say it again, I enjoy a good, enthusiastic song from somebody you can just tell they love the Lord, they mean what they're singing, that maybe is off-key, than one of these guys that they can. Man, they got perfect pitch. They can nail every note, but they just get up there and they act. They literally act like, boy, I'm really blessing everybody today. You know, they are. These people are so blessed to get to hear me sing. I would, I would rather hear some somebody just get up and just squeak like alfalfa that that loves the Lord than some opera guy to get up and act like he's doing the world a service. I really would. And we ought to, and we ought to just do your best. And you know what? I think pretty much everybody feels that way. My wife and I, we were at a meeting one time, big meeting. Down in South Carolina, there was like 5,000 people there. And these two guys got up and I loved it. I thought it was funny. She, she just was furious. I mean, these guys got up and they sang How Great Thou Art. And they were, they were singing about God, how great He was, but it sure looked like they were really singing about how great I art, I think is what they should have been saying. And let me tell you, these guys could sing. And they put on a show, man. I mean, that guy, the lady started playing. He wasn't up there yet. The lady just started playing the piano and he just went walking up there. And then he just dramatically got into the song. And then all of a sudden, while he's singing the song, this other guy comes walking up the stage too. And I'm like, what's this all about? You know, he wasn't going to stand there when he wasn't singing. He came in later in the song. And then it was like they were having a contest to just see who could be the greatest. I mean, I never saw so much arrogance in all my life. And they said, and they were good singers. And it was entertaining, and I, I I get entertained out of somebody with a major ego. I really do. Uh, that's why I appreciate uh, you know Joe Biden whenever he gets a speech. Uh, <laughs> that guy just cracks me up. He, uh, I, I've never seen anybody just so arrogant. He cracks me up, and I know I probably shouldn't enjoy that, but I think it's hilarious. I really do. <laughs> and I wish they would let him talk more. He says a lot of stuff that is really funny. But anyway. Uh, he does. He that guy's got an ego and a half, and it's 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 entertaining. But yeah, my wife she wasn't she wasn't impressed one bit. It made it made her furious. And you know, I would I would rather see a little kid get up and just sing a song out of his love for the Lord, squeaking like crazy, but just doing his best. And I'm telling you, that's what really blesses people's hearts. That's what makes a difference. Because you know, the truth is, I'm just I'm I've 
once again, I probably shouldn't tell you this too. I might be revealing another secret, but I'm not the greatest singer in the world. Okay, I know that. And the truth is, if I was, I mean, if I was, if I was up here, I mean, just you know, belting it out like those guys, and just I would probably intimidate every anybody else from wanting to sing. Oh man, I got to try to follow that act. Well, you know, the truth is, it's not about the talent. It's about just serving the Lord and doing your best. And maybe that's why the Lord didn't let me sing that good because He he wanted to make sure you all were willing to sing too. So let's start hearing some of it now because I already don't have the great voice because of it. So, you know, let's start hearing those specials. But anyway, beside the point. But just do your best. People, you know, you can tell when somebody does their best and when somebody just doesn't really try. That's why you will appreciate maybe a drawing from a little child that's just as sloppy as all get out, but you can tell they did their best. They're, they're proud of what they did. You're, you appreciate that a lot more than maybe a grown-up that goes and buys you a really fancy card. They might have spent five bucks on that card. Maybe even put $20 in the card. But you know for them that was no effort at all. And it's, it is a lot of it is about the effort. And she saw that sitting. She saw their behavior. And it mentions also that she noticed the attendance. The attendance of His ministers. I mean, all of you, that's what all of you ought to look at yourself here. I know, I know I'm the pastor, but you all can be ministers here in this church. In fact, you all are supposed to be ministers. We all can minister to each other in many different things, and that's what God wants. But these people that she noticed the attendance of his ministers. You know why? They were there. They were present. They were all there. You know, attendance is great is a great testimony all by itself. Just seeing somebody's attendance. For example, in ways that you can make a difference, just being early. Okay? Be early for things. Have you ever noticed like whenever there's a really big event going on, a lot of times you'll see crowds gathering at the place long before it even starts. Why? They're excited. Their whole day's planned around it. Hey, it doesn't start till twelve, but they're there at nine o'clock. People do that at ball games. Okay, to go to a ball game, they will get there three hours early. They'll go tailgating and stuff. Maybe that's what we need tailgating before church. But maybe we ought to have a tailgating Sunday. That's a, I, Lord just gave me that idea right there. No alcohol, but you know, grilling and stuff. All, just in anticipation for the service, man. We're going to have a good service today, and we're just out here grilling. We're here. I don't know. I think that's something we might need to think about. Uh, that that sounds like a good idea. Tailgating Sunday. I I don't know. I, that we might we might be putting that in the calendar here pretty soon. But just why? Just that anticipation. The anticipation, we're excited about it. You see, and if you're here early too, that gives you a chance to greet people. That gives you a chance to you know look for somebody to talk to, a chance to be an encouragement to somebody. Just that attendance, it makes it it makes a big difference. A full parking lot is a better testimony than an empty parking lot. It makes a big difference. I mentioned this last Sunday night, you know? I remember in my dad's church when we got started out there. That was I remember there were some people that visited, and they said one of the things they said we noticed the cars. It seemed like as time went on, they drove by the church every Sunday. The church was there on a, on a main highway. They drove by the church every Sunday, and they said we've just noticed as time goes on, there seems to be more and more cars out here all the time. And so you know what they did? That's like man, something must be going on there. And they stopped in, and they came to church. And so you know what my dad told everybody? 
Start bringing two cars to church. <laughs> I know that sounds terrible when the day where you're not supposed to, you know, we're supposed to not, you know, be burning fossil fuels and things like that. But you know what? That wouldn't hurt. Why? Because hey, I want to make a difference. Hey, we're going to be having a big day today. It'd look good if the parking lot was full. You know, honey, we're driving separate today. We're bringing two cars. I'm not telling you you have to do that every week, but it's just an idea, and it it makes a difference when you see cars. In the parking lot, it really does. I and I encourage you to do that. That that attendance, that attendance, it is. It's a great testimony when people come and they see that people are there, and that means a lot. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to all of you. I mean, how would you feel if you were the only one that was in there? If I had to preach, if I was, I was just preaching to you. I heard the story one time about a pastor. He was. There was a guy in the church. He needed some help. He needed to get some things right. And he was preaching all these. He would preach these sermons that were right at that guy. And every week after the service, the man would come to the pastor. He's like, boy, pastor, you really gave it to him this week. And he's like, oh, man, he just didn't get it. So the next week, he tried again. got really specific after the service. Man, pastor, you really gave it to him again this week. And then one day, there was a snowstorm. That man was the only one there. And he's like, alright, I finally got him. I finally got him. So man, he just, I mean, he just let him have it. I mean, he just preached on everything that guy was doing. Just let him have it for a solid hour. After the service got done, the past, the fellow shook the pastor's hands like, well, pastor, if they'd have been here, you'd have really given it to him today. And some people just <laughs> don't ever get it. But your, your attendance, you being there, it makes a difference to, to me. To everyone around, to those that might be visiting, and you need to take that personal. That hey, the pastor needs me there today. He needs he needs people to preach to. It, it's encouraging to him when I'm there. It's it's discouraging when I'm not there. I'm going to be there because my attendance makes a difference. That ought to be that ought to be your attitude. And also, the last thing too. There's there were several things, but the last one I want to look at that she mentioned. She said in verse 4, the meat of His table, the sitting of His servants, and the attendance of His ministers, and their apparel. She noticed what they were wearing. Did you know that you can easily judge by someone's clothing the importance of the event that they're going to? For example, a wedding. Okay. Now, you know how much do brides you know, Dresses cost. I mean, people pay thousands of dollars for those things. And they're only going to wear it one time. Why? Well, it's the most important event of their lifetime. They make a big deal. I mean, guys go and they'll spend. I remember. I remember the first time I ever wore a tuxedo. I was in my cousin's wedding. I spent hundred and ten dollars for something I got to wear one time. Didn't even get to keep it. It was a nice tuxedo. But hundred and ten dollars. I was like, good night. And but it was it was for a wedding. And so I did. I caught up the money. It was an important event. And I'm not telling you every time you come to church, you've got to show up in a tuxedo and ladies in wedding dresses. But you know what I'm talking about. You can tell by what somebody wears. For example, you know, we've got a guy, there's a guy that I work with that I, he works in another department, so I haven't got to see how he works, but he comes to work in pajamas. Okay? Now, I'm just judging by appearance. I'll bet he's not the hardest worker in the place. When I see somebody in pajamas, I think 
somebody's want, trying to be relaxed. Okay, you know, it's relaxing, it's comfortable. He doesn't look like he's ready to work. Not not with pajamas on. And I, I, there was a guy I used to work with back before wearing pajamas in public was popular. There was a guy I worked with several years back. He wore pajamas to work, and he was not the hardest worker either. Uh, he he was not a hard worker at all. And you know the truth is, you know what we wear says a lot about what we're getting ready to do. I mean, obviously, if I was going to go working on my car, I'm not going to be wearing this. You know, I, I mean, I wear uh, when I'm doing yard work. There's different things you wear, but you know, when you're going, if you were going to maybe to court, okay, that's obviously something they expect you to be respectful at that and honor the court. And if you showed up in your pajamas there, or maybe even just a pair of sweats, they're not going to appreciate that very much. They expect something from you. And really, when it comes to church, I'm not telling anybody what they have to wear. And the truth is, we don't really care what people wear. Okay? I mean, you don't have to wear a tie to come to this church. People I think I just I tell people all the time, you just do your best. If the best you have is a junky pair of jeans and a nasty t shirt, wear that. Okay? But at the same time, you know, you'll see one person, they'll dress all sloppy. They'll dress nicer to a ball game than they will to the house of God. And really, just by what you wear, that right there, it shows how serious you take what you're doing. And what are we doing here? Well, we're supposed to be worshiping God. I mean, we're here. This is this is God's house that we're going to. This isn't the fun house. You know, this isn't this isn't a playhouse. This is God's house we're going to. And what are we communicating with people? You know. Did you, you know, did you comb your hair this morning? Or do you look like you just woke up and you got drug in here? Your wife had to drag you in here. I mean, you know, do your hair. Just take it seriously. Not to impress each other. We're not about that. Don't care about that one bit. But really, I'm talking about you as an individual. Say, hey, I take this serious. This is an important event. We're going to the house of God. We're going to worship God. I want to take it serious. I mean, you all would be upset with me, I think, if I showed up to preach you in a pair of pajamas, I ought to have a little more respect for you. If I got up here that I didn't comb my hair, I did. I looked like I just got out of bed. You all have to sit there and look at me for an hour. That you wouldn't appreciate that. He ought to make effort, and you know, and I do. I do the best I can. I know it's not still much to look at, but you know, I combed my hair today. I brushed my teeth. Why? Because. I know y'all have to look at me. I went to the dentist the other day to get this chip in my tooth fixed. Got it fixed three times. Didn't work any of those times. It's still there. And you know, I was joking with a lady working on my teeth. Is like, yeah, that chip. It really, it's really hurt my modeling career. <laughs> and uh, and then finally, after it just, it didn't work. It's like, you know, I'm not planning on modeling or anything like that. And she's like, well, you know, you do have to stand in front of people all the time. I was like. Yeah, hopefully I'm far enough away they don't see the chip in the tooth. But now y'all are going to notice that too. Whenever I'm talking, I'm, I'm pointing out all these things today. I'm really, I'm really shooting myself in the foot. But you know, it's out of you know, out of respect. I want to not look despicable. And really, so what we wear when we show it shows just how serious we take things. That hey, you know, if I do that, other people will have to look at me if I wear that. And we're not all about ourselves. I know, I know pajamas are comfortable. But we all don't want to see you in your pajamas. Okay, I know in today's day and age, 
Wearing, especially in the summertime, wearing few clothes is also very popular. And I guess that's very comfortable too. But you know what? We'd rather see the clothes. I'm just going to be honest. And out of respect for everyone, out of respect for the house of God, things like that can make a difference. It really, it really does. It shows how serious that we take this event. But you know, she saw all these things and she tried to explain to Solomon what she saw. And really, all she could say at the end, she goes into all these things. And you know what she said in verse 7? Happy are thy men, and happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. The people are happy here. Boy, you know, if you could just be happy. I know, I know, we're all going to have bad days, okay? Y'all, I understand that. Listen, something bad happens. I'm not telling you, you know, you got to come and tape your cheeks up so you're smiling and things like that. But you know, but we ought to be a happy church. We ought to be a happy place. If somebody is down, they ought to think, you know what, I want to go to church because I get lifted up when I'm at church. That's a happy place. I don't want to be depressed. Listen, if people want to be depressed, they can go to the bars. There's all kinds of places you can go to for a depression if you want. But a church should not be the depressing place. It's a happy place. People, if they want to be depressed, they can go hang out at the cemetery. They can go hang out at the funeral home. But the house of God ought to be a happy place. And we need happy people. And you just coming in there being happy. So I'm happy. We want to let your face know? Please? Don't look miserable. Let your face know because I can't tell. And you know what? Everybody's looking miserable. Everybody's looking like they're mad at me. And and people will think that. Oh, yeah, everybody in the church hates me. Nobody in the church hates you. But maybe everybody in the church is always frowning at you. Maybe if somebody would smile every now and then, it would make a difference. And I'm telling you right there, just your smiling face, it can have an impact on somebody. It could be the difference. Make the difference on whether they come back and maybe whether or not they even whether or not they get saved or not. What do people see when they look at your life? Second Corinthians chapter three and verse two. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse two. I need to turn over there real quick. I had it there in my notes. What do people see when they look at you? Verse two says. Ye are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stones, but in the fleshly tables of the heart. Do you realize when people walk into this church that they literally, it's like they're seeing something written down. They're seeing written words. It's not written with ink. It's not on pen and paper. It's not something that's carved in stone. But you all are saying something with your lives, with your attendance, with your appearance, with your attitudes. You're, you're saying something. And there are, there are churches where there is, they don't have written or carved in the stone, you are not welcome here. It's not written anywhere that you can see physically, but it's written all over people's faces. And they and they see it clearly. I am not welcome here. And we don't want to do that. You are the epistle. What are you saying to people by your life, by your actions, by your attitude? We. I hope you're saying good things. I hope you're saying that you love the Lord. I hope you're saying that you care about people. We need to remember that we represent Christ. And we need to be careful. You know, don't get people too focused on us. But get them to focus on Christ. Because you know the Bible says in Matthew twelve forty two, Jesus mentions the Queen of Sheba coming to see Solomon. 
because of His glory, because of greatness. And you know what Jesus said about Himself? And He had every right to say this because it was true. He said, Behold, a greater than Solomon is here. At this church, we represent somebody so much greater than Solomon. We represent Jesus Christ. This is His house. And if we can succeed in getting people looking at Him, it's going to make a big difference. For Liberty Baptist Church to become a great work for the Lord, we've got to have people who take the success of Liberty Baptist Church personal. They're going to do whatever they possibly can, no matter how little of detail it is, to try to make a difference. Whatever is going on, hey, I'm going to make sure that's successful. I'm going to be there for that. I want to be a part of that. I'm going to get involved in that. Why? Because I just I want I want it to work. I want it to do good. Because that's that's my church. It's whether it succeeds or fails, it is up to me. And I believe we can make a big difference. So let's all stand together.